0: You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 1079, home of the Ottawa Champions. Welcome to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9 Ottawa's new music. I'm your host, Diamond Dante, here for a full hour as we have a jam-packed show uh, for you to listen to as we will be joined in our next segment with Winnipeg GoldEyes center fielder Reggie Abercrombie. Now, Reggie... uh, is a long time, you know, big leaguer, played a few years in the big leagues with the Houston Astros and Florida Marlins, has been uh, around the league for a long time, is the all time home runs leader in American Association history, has that record, and did that with the Gold Eyes last season, where he, t- he hit uh, 20 home runs and won uh, the championship. And for Reggie, uh, a really good interview with him as he talked a lot about his career and. Uh, playing with the Florida Marlins had a chance to play with Miguel Cabrera, uh, Hanley Ramirez, you know, some of the, you know, better guys on that team and talked about hitting his first home run, which if you search on YouTube was an absolute rocket deep to left field. You couldn't even see where the ball was going. And then after that, we're going to be joined with Sussex County Miners pitcher Josh Wood as he's going to be uh, talking about his career, but also what he does outside of baseball because he's actually a barber and is going to talk about uh, some of the guys that he's cut uh, as a barber, he actually cut Odell Beckham Jr.'s hair and knows him quite pretty uh, quite well, which is always nice to catch up with Josh Wood, as I had a chance to um, talk with him throughout the season with the Miners, and uh, he cuts pretty much everyone's hair in the Can-Am League. So, uh, Josh Wood definitely, I guess that we're going to be looking forward to talking to in our final two segments of the show. Uh, but in uh, in Blue Jays land, the the Jays still trying to sign. Of course, uh, Mr. Jose Bautista and Edwin Encarnacion, they decline the options. A couple other trade rumors going around. Maybe Miguel Cabrera on the market going to the Houston Astros as they are uh, interested. Uh, but two big signings that I want to mention. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about um, who might go where and such. But... Um, One thing that I want to mention is that two guys that got signed, two 40-plus-year-old pitchers got signed, and that's Bartolo Colon at the age of 44 and R.A. Dickey, I believe at the age of 42 or 43, um, signed both by the Atlanta Braves. Now, you must be thinking, well, the Braves are going out and signing all these guys and this and that, you know, all these older guys. What's the point? They're a trash team. Why would they want to go there? I think, especially at the end of uh, Dickey and Colon's career, they just want to... They just want to go and, and help the younger players, you know what I mean? And mold them uh, into what they could be. You know, you bring, there's a lot of Latin players in the Atlanta Braves system. Bartolo Colon, who has a lot of experience and is a veteran, can help those players. R.A. Dickey, American guy, can go and help the American players and, you know, be a veteran and his, explain his story. Cause I feel like R.A. Dickey is just a stand up guy. And Bartolo Colon is just an absolute character, but has been around the league for a long time and knows what he's talking about, especially at the age that he's at. So I think it's two good signings by the Atlanta Braves. They're trying to bring fans into the stadium and having two uh, characters and two pitchers like Dickey and Colon will probably bring a lot of people to the stadium with the new uh, ballpark in place as Turner Field is you know, now gone. It's going to be tore down which is always sad because so many great memories of the Braves back in the 90s with uh, Chipper Jones, Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz uh, back in the day. Javi Lopez was a guy uh, who was the catcher uh, a while back. So definitely uh, I think that the Braves are doing the right job going in the right direction and uh, uh, two good signings with Dickey and Bartolo Colon because that team is very young and they need some, you know, some veterans and some stand-up guys to kind of help them through the way. But that's going to do it for this first segment of Around the Diamond. Uh, stay tuned because former big league outfielder Reggie Abercrombie will join me in my next segment for two full segments to talk about his career. And he played 150 games with the Marlins. Uh, in his first season in 2006, was a starting center fielder coming right out of double-A and leads the American Association in all-time home runs. We're going to talk to him, and then Josh Wood will join us after that to finish off this 35th edition of Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be back in a few.
1: This is Reggie Abercrombie, Listen to my boy, doing an interview with my boy on Around the Diamond.
0: Welcome back to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Joining me this week is former big league outfielder and current Winnipeg Goldey's center fielder, Reggie Abercrombie. Reggie spent parts of three seasons in the major leagues with the Marlins and Astros from 2006 to 2008. Although Reggie has spent a lot of time in the major leagues, he has also played for the, all the major independent leagues from the American Association to the Atlantic League. Reggie, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time.
1: Man, how you doing? Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. Doing excellent, Reggie. And, you know, I wanted to ask you about the beginning of your career, going back to... You know, your your early days, 1999, you were drafted right out of high school in the 23rd round by the Dodgers. Now, I want to ask you, did you feel like, did you have any offers going to college? And did you feel it was right for you to go right into the system at a young age?
1: Uh, I, mean, I had offers to go play football and um, offers to go play football as a quarterback. And, you know, at the time, you know, my parents, uh, they was, we, was, we was doing okay. But, you know, I got offered to play baseball and the, the opportunity came to me and I took it. I
2: ran with it.
0: Now, you're the second or third guy that's came on this show that has played in the major leagues and said that they had offers to go play another sport, especially football. I, you know, talked to Adron Chambers on this show who played with the Cardinals, and he decided to play baseball over football. I mean, what was the difference for you growing up, you know, taking baseball over football at the time?
2: Yeah, at the time,
1: man, it was like me having, me playing football my whole life. And then when I was young, you know, I got the opportunity to play baseball in high school. that My high school coach is my football coach, so I had the opportunity to play um, he was actually both of my coaches, a football coach and my baseball coach. So you know, he told me to come out to keep in shape with football, and it went from there. And I've been enjoying it ever since.
0: Nice. Okay. Perfect. So um, I want to lead this right into this. So, at a, I mean, how did you feel the transition was for you at a young age, age 19, going right into the minor league system in rookie ball in, in the in the year 2000? Was it tough for you to kind of leave home and then go play for the Dodgers in that sense? <laughs>
1: Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't tough for me, man. You know, it was. You know, I had a great opportunity, like I said, and you know, I was happy. You know, it's about that time to leave the nest, and uh, my mom, my mom made it. Made me. My mom and dad made me a, a better man, and it, you know, it was easy for me to leave. And um, I ran with it and had fun with it.
0: That center fielder, Reggie Abercrombie, here with us on around the diamond. Now, I want to ask you. Obviously, going back to your early days when you were playing, you know, in high eight. You had, you know, you you had a good season in rookie ball, and then you went over to play A ball with the Dodgers it seemed like they had kept you for a while but I want to ask you about your you know what what it was like to to have to go through waivers a few times you'd you'd went to Arizona and then back you know to the Marlins eventually in your career was it a tough transition for you to to go through waivers you know so many times
1: no it wasn't no tough man you know at the time it went it's not tough at all really man because you know you have you have 30-something teams out there and how I got told my agent told me you know you got 30-something teams out there and uh you know uh, how, how waivers is, man. You know, it's just you wait. You're waiting. And my agent, my you got if you got a good agent, and my agent was a good agent, and he told me uh, you have teams interested in you and stuff like that. So it, for me, it was it was easy. It was just it just when it happened, it happened, and you know I'm grateful for it.
0: So when you were with the Dodgers, what did you feel was your, your biggest asset in, in, in your younger days? Because you eventually got traded over to the Diamondbacks. It was a conditional kind of trade. What had happened in that trade at that point?
1: No, uh, I got traded. I got traded. Me and the Dodgers, I actually got hurt. I actually got hurt my my that year after I got traded because I got hurt with the Dodgers. I told my ACL and them. the GM for the Dodgers, he got, I think he got, Bill basically got fired. And, you know, I think they would just clean the house. And then they ended up trading me to Diamondbacks. And, and Diamondbacks had, yeah, when you go over to a new organization, you have their players and you have their, their people who want you. And they got their, their rookies. They got their prospects and stuff over there. So, you know the, the trans the transposition was uh it was all right but you know like I said they did that and then they put me in put me on waivers and spring training and because they had all the prospects they had and you know uh, luckily I got picked up by the Marlins.
0: So I'm, I want to go to when you got picked up by the Marlins. You spent uh a, you know the 2005 season with the Marlins organization. You went from high A pretty quickly over to to double A and. Did you have? Did you make the team out of spring training? Because you went straight from Double A to the major leagues in two thousand and six.
1: Yeah, I made. I made the. You know, I made the team out of spring training in two thousand six. Uh, like all, all, all the best to the best hitting coach I ever had is uh, Tom uh, John Maley. He's a hitting coach for the Chicago Cubs, and you know he's a great hitting coach. He had me with, when I first came over to Marlins, and I went to high, did good with the Double A, did good, and you know he was helping me all through spring training, and I made the team out of spring training '06, and. That's it.
0: That's pretty much it, eh? Okay, so that's Reggie Abercrombie here with us, on around the diamond, played in the Marlins organization, reaching as high as the, the big leagues. Of course, that's the highest level. Uh, it's it, it must be kind of cool for yourself to to be playing with the Winnipeg Gold eyes and being you know such a veteran at this point to kind of go to your guys and say you know what this is how it's done and you know kind of molding them into you know different types of players.
1: Yeah, man. To me, it's just not molding to them players, man. They, I mean, they're kids, man. They already, know, they already know the game. It's just trying to get them back in the opportunity to play baseball. You know, you know, for me, for me, I had opportunities to go pay, back to play affiliated ball, but you know, for me, it's like I'm I'm over affiliated ball because, like when I was coming up, it was all about it's all about how good you were, how how you can go out here and produce. Now it's all about how much you get paid and stuff. And you know that's why you had back when I was coming up, you had a lot of first rounders who got paid but didn't ever make it to the big leagues. Now you got every first rounder that gets some money, they going to the big leagues in two years. So, you know it's a it's, it's a different it's a different aspect, different game when I came up. So, you know, and my whole thing is, uh, I try to tell the kids that when they get when they get picked over, when they get sent to an independent ball, and you tell them, man, once you go into an organization, just know that you got to go out here and do better, way better than anybody, because the fact is, they're not all they're just they're picking you up out of independent ball just to fill a hole. And if you go over there and, and then you just be mediocre or be average, you're not going to get where you want to be. You need to go over there and be great. If you go in there and be great, you can have, you got an opportunity to go back where you want to be. And, you know, a couple of kids did it. And you got a couple of kids that didn't.
0: Oh, you're right about that. Of course, you were a 23rd round pick, you know, not the highest, you know, round pick uh, coming out of the 1999 uh, draft. So for you, obviously, you know, you you fit the the profile of a center fielder. You know, six foot three. You got a lot of power. Did you feel at that point that gave you a lot of leverage than other guys? You know, that were drafted in the first round.
1: I mean, it gave me a lot. Of, it gave me a lot of leverage because I had football and stuff. So you know, you know, I was happy about how much I got, and you know, I went from there, and and
2: I got drafted.
0: So when you came out of double A to go to the major leagues, what was it like to kind of go into spring training knowing that you had you know such a good shot to make the forty man rostered and then make the major leagues and. What made you, you know, uh, higher than everyone else at that point? Because Joe Girardi was the manager at the time in the Marlins in two thousand and six, and you know he's, you know, a, yep. one of the best managers right now with the Yankees. So what made you, you know, different yep. than the other guys to to be the starting
1: center fielder? I mean, I, I have no idea. You know, to me, man, I was just, uh, like, I was already on, I was already on forty man when I first got over to the Marlins. When I got, when I got, uh, when I got put on waivers over to the Marlins, I was already on the forty man. So, you know, I went to spring training. I had a like I said, John Mayley had Me and him had a plan for me to make the team, and you know at the time we they was rebuilding with the Marlins, and we had all young kids. Hanley, me, Ugla, Jake uh, Cabrera, and Trell was the only two veterans on our team, and uh, you know they was rebuilding, and I had the opportunity, and you know John, it was between uh, I think it was between me and Eric Reed, and Eric Reed was their man, and so I just went to the spring training, and you know I felt like I want I wanted it bad enough and like i said i worked with john Maley all the time and you know it, it eventually took over then and and like well, i think like uh two weeks out of two weeks into spring two weeks out of spring training we were getting ready for the season and gerardi pulled me to the side and told me that i had made the team and and that was what that went from there
0: for a big league outfielder reggie Abercrombie here for us on around the diamond now with that we're talking about you know that 2006 campaign where you you know you made the team out of spring training um when you when you kind of went to the big leagues there, and to know, was it any different for you to know that this team was coming off you know a World Series just a couple years ago, and knowing that you know this team was trying to go back on top?
1: Nah, man. You know when you get that opportunity, man, to play in the big leagues, man, it was all good. It's all fun and games, man. Cause uh, we was all young. Uh, we had the opportunity to do something that somebody couldn't do, and you know we know the Marlins. We knew the Marlins had just won the World Series, but you know everybody was coming up. We was all babies, so. We had the opportunity to do it and we, we ran with it.
0: You speak about one of those babies. Hanley Ramirez, you know, was a twenty two year old shortstop who had you know, had an excellent rookie campaign after he was traded from uh the Boston Red Sox over to the Florida Marlins. Were sure. did you kinda of spend time with him in the minor leagues once he got traded from the Sox over to the Marlins?
1: No, man, he he got to, actually Hanley got traded that same year to the he was traded to the Marlins that same year that we always in big league camp together. So you know, he was. I mean, everybody. He, uh, the Marlins knew what they was doing. Like I said, we was going out young, and Hanley, Hanley went out there and took the uh, took the position, and uh, he and look where he's doing now. So, you know, and how baseball is, man. Just look, he started off the Boston, and then he back home. He's back home where he was started out at.
0: Now I want you to I want to you know mention this especially for the listeners that don't know you played with guys as you mentioned Dan Ugla, Hanley Ramirez Miguel Cabrera you know the best hitter on the planet Josh Willingham was a you know another productive player came up as a catcher yeah uh, Cody Ross Dontrelle Willis one of my favorite pitchers Josh Johnson who was really really good at some point uh, yeah. during during his career with the Marlins and then came over to the Jays and the rest is history when when you kind of go down that list and see all these guys that you you know you be, you built relationships with. And you know you became Bro. friends with and you played with. How cool is that?
1: Man, it's, it's amazing. Uh, just to have the opportunity to play with them guys, and I mean to be on the field with them, and you know I had the opportunity to play in big leagues. You know I feel like you know all this was good at one time, and you know uh I just didn't get as many breaks that I I think that everybody else got. But you know that's 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 say, whatever, man. That like it, it bothered me when I was younger, but now you know as you get it bothered me for like I ain't gonna like to you, it bothered me for like a year and a half, but. You know, when, once you see that and, you know what I'm saying, like I said, you know, you run with it. I had the opportunity to play in the big leagues. That's how I look at it. I had the opportunity to play in the big leagues, and I played three and a half, three years. So, you know, I, I was fortunate. Like a lot of people go out here and play this game for their whole lives and don't get the opportunity to even get past A-ball. So, you know, I had the opportunity to do that, and I, I mean, I'm happy for it, and I'm blessed for it.
0: Now, of course, Reggie, um, don't have the clip for this, but uh, your first big league home run was a, was a shot. To left field in Cincinnati is that correct yes sir what was that like taking that you know taking that pitch deep to left field obviously <laughs> what were you thinking going around the bases uh, now that you kind of look back at it and think about it again
1: I mean, when I first hit when I first hit it I knew I got it but I didn't realize how far it went until like until like until late on the night like down trail was like I got uh, after I hit it you know I was happy about it but I was also struggling at the time so you know, when I hit it, I was I was I was happy and stuff. I got high fives from everybody, and you know I a while, Uh, Don Charles called me in the room, and you know I seen it on ESPN, and Don Trout was like, man, you know how far that went, and I was like, no. I said, what you talking about. He was like, bro, come here for a minute. So he ended up showing me, and I ended up seeing it on TV. And um, like I said, man, they they said it went 493 feet. So, you know, I was I was I was impressed by it. I was happy by it, and you know everybody from now on, man. You know that's what people. Some people, everybody, come up to me and be like. How did it feel to hit that ball that far? And you know, it's it's, it's a great feeling when you hit the ball with that much uh, good wood on it. And you know, I I really didn't feel it, but you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have that behind my in my in my background, and I'm glad I did it.
0: Now, for you, those of you who don't know, Donshaw Willis or Donshaw Willis was uh, one of the biggest characters out there, a really good left-handed pitcher with the Marlins, uh, but one of the craziest characters that I've ever seen on TV, and you know, mic'd up and such like that. I mean it must have been a lot of fun to play with, you know, such a character like Dontra Willis and you know, and such a good pitcher as well.
1: Yeah, man. He he's a great guy, man, great teammate, great person. You know, we keep we keep in touch now and then and, you know, he's a great he's a great he's a great man and you know, I'm happy he doing I'm happy he's doing um, broadcasting, that's what he need to do and to let people know about this game of baseball. You know what I'm saying? When people are watching these games, and let them know about the game of baseball. And he's a great person. He's got great personality on TV, and I'm I'm glad he's blessed, and I'm glad glad he's doing what he loves to do. Talk about baseball.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we're talking baseball right now, and I want to ask you about Miguel Cabrera. You know, he was playing third base, you know, at that point. Now he's playing first base with the Detroit Tigers. When you first saw him, you know, obviously he had started off in left field, and then he, you know, that season was excellent for him. When you saw him from your vantage point to see him hit three thirty nine, and you know, hit you know as many as he did at the ballpark, one hundred and fourteen RBIs, and see him no. kind of develop into the player that he is today, it, you know, it must be nice. And what kind of a player was yeah, he back man. then? You know, pretty much the same guy at that point, right?
1: I mean, I mean, me, me and Miggy came up through the minor league. We came through the minor league when he first, when I first, when I first seen Miggy, we was in both of us was in Jupiter. Uh, Florida State League. I was with the Dodgers. He was with uh, the Marlins and Jupiter. And he we knew he was going to be good then. You know, he, he had a great season in that, uh, that 2002. He was in all of us in then on uh, Florida State League. And that fortunately, that next year, he came. He was in double-A. He was in um, Carolina, and I was in Jacksonville. And, man, he, he spent, like I said, when they won that World Series no 3 and, man, he spent, like, a, I think he was hitting, like, for the first month. He was hitting, like, 480 with, like, Eight or nine home runs and had like 30 some RBIs in like 15 games, some retarded like that. So we knew he was going to be good when he first when he first got in this game, and he just blew up and kept going. So you really can't say that he blossomed right then and when he was big league. Man, that man was going to be great out of the womb. So even when he was when he came to the league, when he was six, when he came into the minor leagues when he was 16, you knew he was going to be good. For a person to be that that young and handle the bat like he did. You know, we knew, we already knew. You know how you, in the minor leagues you see somebody take BP or see somebody take ground balls. You like ooh, and when you get that ooh factor, you know you know somebody gonna be great. And that's what he was. He's was great.
0: Men among boys. Is that correct?
1: Oh uh, man, yes, that's what it was.
0: We are going to continue talking with Reggie Abercrombie of the Winnipeg Goldeyes later on, coming into our next segment, and we're gonna go into maybe what he wants to do after baseball because he's 36 years old and has played in the Major Leagues. He's done everything that he has done in his career and maybe wants to try managing. So he's going to talk about that in our next segment after this commercial break on Around the Diamond on TKDJ 107.9.
1: This is Reggie Abercrombie. Listen to my boy, Doing an interview with my boy on Around the Diamond.
0: Welcome back to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079. Ottawa's new music. Still joining me over the phone is former big league outfielder Reggie Abercrombie and current Winnipeg Goldeyes center fielder Reggie Abercrombie. And now that we move over to, you know, your, your time with the Arizona Diamond, oh, sorry, not the Arizona Diamondbacks, the, the Houston Astros, you had a chance to, to go over there and play I mean now that you look back at your time with the you know the Florida Marlins what had happened at that point once you know after the 2007 season or 2006 season you went over to the Astros was it just you know not enough room on the 40 man rosters and and you know the Astros picking you up
1: No nah, at the time you know, I, I don't even know man you like at the time Gerardi got fired you know that was my biggest that was my biggest that was my biggest uh like I tell everybody man that was my biggest supporter in that whole situation. Then when he got fired and Freddie came over, you know, uh, Freddie wanted new, of new people, and I wasn't one of his guys. So, you know, my whole thing is I came through. I came growing up like you don't, you don't, you don't go behind. You don't like try to. You go out there and do what you need to do on the field. You don't go and mm-hmm. kiss nobody's booty for nothing, man. So I, I'm not one of them guys. So I wasn't one of his guys. So you know, I end up, you know, they end up sending me back down to the minor leagues. I end up got, I did good in the minor leagues and end up got because I was with Miley again and called back up. And, you know, unfortunately, got that following year got put on waivers again and got claimed by Houston Astros, and, you know, that was that was it.
0: So once you got to the Astro system, you, you had a chance to to play in the outfield with a guy like Hunter Pence, who's, you know, one of the more different players in the major leagues at this point. You know, one of my favorite players in right field for the, the Giants. He has a different swing. He throws the ball a little bit different, almost like a little bit uh, ambidextrous, you could call it. When you first saw him and, and playing with him, you're you're probably thinking, What the heck is this guy doing?
1: No nah, man, we seen like I said, I seen I seen like I seen, I seen Hunter in the Binding League too. We was in a round rock, I was in Albuquerque, uh, in two thousand seven, man. Like I said, that kid was going like he like he did, did the same thing as Mickey did. He came out there handling his business. We we looked at him like, what is this kid? Who is this kid with one batting glove on? And man, you I mean, when he took the field, you you seen what he can do and you know, he went from there and Hunter is a great player, like I said, man, he was great. He was a great teammate when I was in Houston. He always he always he he was always behind my back, man. He always he always he always kept me going, man. He always told me, "Hey, Reggie, you're going to be great in this game. You're going to be good. You know what I'm saying? You have all the ability in the world, you know. You just need opportunity." And like he like I said, man, you know, some people don't get that opportunity like other people, so you know, like I said, and Hunter Hunter's one of the Hunter's one of the greatest players I have played with, i the seen. So, you know, to so a person to go out here and have the have like he's like he's beaten on two pitches and then the next thing you know he gets a hit off the next pitch and you know, Hunter's a great hitter and a great ball player and he's a great winner. And that's and that's what the Giants got him for and that's what he got paid for.
0: Former major league outfielder Reggie Abercrombie here with us on around the diamond. Now in two thousand and nine you Right after that season, you grant you were granted free agency, and you yeah. ended up signing with Sioux Falls in the American Association. Now I have to ask you, Reggie, what kind of options did you have at that point?
1: Yeah, man. Like being honest, I had I had no options. You know, I uh, I have no idea what happened. You know, after that 2008, I ended up hitting like 300 in the big leagues, and 2009 came around. My agent told me he had no, we had no minor league office, nothing, nothing on nothing on table, so uh he ended up calling steve shirley steve shirley ended up like we we called a couple teams that in the in, uh, atlantic league and atlantic league was like no nah, we're not going to take him because we know he's going to get picked up within like uh, two days or something like they was telling me something crazy but like, he's going to get picked up quick and i didn't so we ended up going to steve shirley and american association and we did end up doing good there with bo ma bo bo and um brandon Singh, and bo tobert and you know, I ended up doing good, and, and after that season, still no call. So that's when I was like, I was over it by the end. So that's when I was just like, Yo, I'm gonna just go out here and play this game and have fun.
0: So when you went to Sioux Falls, obviously, what was the transition like for you to go straight from you know from Triple A in the major leagues right to you know the American Association? Because it must have been a little bit different for you, especially at age 30, um, to go and play in you know I guess you can say a lower tier league. And you tore it out. You hit 300. You had 17 home runs and 66 RBIs. What was that like?
1: Yeah, man, it was it was cool, man. Like I said, like it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad. You know, I had fun with it. You know, like I told, you, I love like that's when I told myself I started I love start loving baseball. And, you know, like I said, man, I love this game now. You know what I'm saying? It's not like I said, independent ball and the rest of the ball is just like who else is producing gonna play. So that was the fun thing about it. that's the fun thing about baseball. And you know, I got the love for the game back, and
2: that was it.
0: Now, now Reggie, you talked about this earlier. Is there any type of advice that you could give, you know, guys that are playing in the minor leagues, or not, not even the minor leagues, but even in the indie leagues right now, that you know gives them a little bit of light and you know a little bit of chance to go play in the system?
1: Just, just keep grinding, keep going, man. That's all you can do. Then just hope that somebody sees you, and you know, hope somebody gives you the opportunity. And then when you get the opportunity, run with it. Don't take it for granted. Do what you got to do. Go out here and work hard and get and get. Why everybody say get that money?
0: Now I guess you know obviously no disrespect to you or anything like that but when you've been in the American Association for a very very long time and I believe you have the all-time home run record it must be nice to kind of have sure. that you know on your resume and kind of have a little plaque on uh, saying you know what I le-, you know I have the most home runs in in all-time history in the in the AA
1: Man it feels good you know I was glad I was happy I got it and like I said my my little brothers coming up behind me uh Josh Mazzola. so you know anytime you can get it and Josh Josh right behind me, so I was I was blessed to have it, and you know what I'm saying I'm I'm happy for it. You know uh, it'll be a good resume for me when I uh, start when I start want to manage one day, and I'm happy about it.
0: Now a little bit of a segue question to that. You mentioned that you might want to manage one day. When did you when do you feel that you know it might be time to just hang up the cleats and 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 try going into a coaching side of things?
1: <laughs> my little my little man my little man. He gave me one more year, so I'm gonna take this one more year and and that's it. Uh, after that one more year and then I'm gonna try to try to either be a coach or a manager, you know, uh like I, like, like I told you, like affiliated I'm not a affiliated ball person, so if I have a manager coach it's gonna be either independent ball or uh overseas. So that's how I look at it. Like I'm not an affiliated person. I am like I don't really see myself being an affiliated. If I do be affiliated it'll probably be yes. I, I like to do scouting, but like as coaching and affiliated, I don't I can't I can't do it. Now scouting or something else I can I can see doing myself doing that with affiliate ball. But like as managing or coaching I would I would love to be independent ball. I would love to try to get kids back to back to affiliate ball, even try to get to the big leagues.
0: So, so I guess my question to that, you know, I've asked a lot of managers this, and now that you're talking about maybe being a coach or manager someday, do you feel that you have, you know, obviously playing in the major leagues helps, but do you feel that if you would be going into the coaching side of things, you would have the contacts to go over to the Arizona Winter League and say, you know what, I know this guy, this guy maybe can come in and help us, or maybe send, you know, someone, it, it, sometimes all it takes is a Facebook message or a text saying, you know what, hey, why don't you come play with us while we'll you get back where, it came, where you came from?
1: I would say so. You know, I, I don't really, I don't really know, like the Arizona. I don't know what the, what is the Arizona Fall League. What is it? The, oh, is, I, is it a fall league? Or, yeah, fall it's a fall league. league?
0: I, I'm just talking about like all the fall leagues in general.
1: Oh yeah, man, it would be fun, man. To see, see, like I said, being a scout and seeing them kids go out here and play ball and try to watch them to play and have the opportunity to tell somebody that yeah, this kid can make it to the big leagues. You know, that would be fun, and I would love to be that person to tell somebody that this kid can make it. You know, and that that brings joy to my face. You know, once you see somebody who has the talent to do this game and play this game and, and get the opportunity to do it, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful feeling for them.
0: Reggie Abercrombie of the Winnipeg Gold Dice here with us on Around the Diamond. Now, of course, you've, you've spent a, a few seasons with the Gold Dice, a couple stints here and there. Now that, you know, you played this year with the Gold Dice and you guys did it big. Obviously, you're a huge part to it. You hit 20 home runs at the age of 36, or 35, sorry, and uh, you guys won the championship. Two Canadian teams I want to mention. The Ottawa champions won in the Can-Am League, and you guys won in the American Association. It must have been really nice to kind of, you know, put Winnipeg back on top like they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, man, it's pretty good. It feels good, and, you know, we're going to keep, we're going to try to continue that next year and and the year after that. So, you know, it feels good. And uh, it's a big thing for Canadian baseball that both of us won, uh, even uh, Ottawa, and, um is, is pretty good for both of us and my thing is i would like i would like to see one day just to see who would win if you got you got the champion from the caramander league and the champion from the American association league and let them play five games and see who wins that one yeah I was that think, would be fun too
0: yeah i was thinking the same thing i saw you know some people on twitter were kind of saying that that you guys could kind of play but maybe we should do that at an exhibition game next year or something like that because that'd definitely uh be a a treat to watch now this season with Winnipeg, what do you think was the difference? You know, this year than last year, you had moved around a lot last year. You you played in the Atlantic League, you were with Sussex County in the in the CanAm League, and then you went over to Winnipeg. You got you know you got yourself back at home, and then spent a full season here. What was the difference this year from last year?
1: I wouldn't say it's no different, man. It's just I mean I wasn't I wasn't there at the beginning of the year with Winnipeg, so I don't really I can't really tell you. So I don't really know the difference. The only thing I know is. This year, we had a lot of teammates that was unselfish. We had a lot of unselfish teammates. We had we had a lot of chemistry. Everybody was like a family of this team. You know, everybody everybody fought for everybody. Uh, this team, we, we never gave up on any innings. So, you know, anytime we was behind, we always kept going. So that's the only thing I say. We can always say, like, we never gave up on nothing. So, we kept going and kept striving.
0: Reggie Abercrombie here with us on Around the Diamond, the Winnipeg Gold Eyes center fielder. Now, there's, I was talking about this before, but there's some guys that do come on my show that, you know, they say that, you know, are veteran guys like yourself and that play for not only teams in the Canon League, but the American Association. One guy that I want to mention is, a you know, shortstop back in the day with the Mets AAA was Jonathan Malo. He plays for the Quebec Capitals. Uh, you must have played against him last year, of course, uh, Reggie. But um, he says that he's almost like a recruiter for the Capitals and, you know, going out and getting Canadian, you know, baseball players and, you know, sending guys messages and saying... Uh, that, you know, come play for us if, you know, if you have a chance and this is a great city. Do, are, do you feel like you have yeah. a little bit of a role like that under Forney uh, with Winnipeg and kind of yeah. going and recruiting players?
1: No, nah, man, I don't, I don't get into that. Man. Like I said, I don't get into that. I'll just be a player, man. I'm not, I'm, I don't get into trying to recruit players or something like that. That's not my job. Like, maybe when I become a manager or something, I'll start doing that. But, like, right now, I just – I don't really tell nobody, hey, come play with Winnipeg. Whoever Rick gets, Rick gets – like, and then we roll from there. So, you know, I really don't try to go out here and tell people, hey, you need to come play for Winnipeg, do this, do this. I, I, that's not my job. And I don't, I don't really see myself doing it, like, for the player. Like, all I do is concentrate on the players, get us on our team and try to be the best teammates to my play my teammates on the field. So, you know what I'm saying? I really, don't, I really don't, like, go out and talk to other teammates, be cool, with like, or, like just because they're good. I'd be like, yo, you want to play here next year. I don't really do that. You know, only time I really talk to people is like it's my, it's a friend of mine or somebody mm-hmm. like that. I feel like I'll come joking with them and be like, "Yo, you want? I know you want to come play with me and stuff like that." <laughs> but as in like recruiting them, I don't. I don't try to go out and type, hit people on Facebook, like or Instagram or something <laughs> like that to say, "Come play Winnipeg." I, that's not my job. Like I said, that's just that's up to Rick. If Rick want them, Rick get them.
0: Well, there you go. Mad respect for that. But uh, before we go, I want to ask you, you know, one last question. And you know, good friend of mine, Kenny Bryant. Um, spent a lot of time with him uh, with the champions this year and had a really, really good season. Now, he took me aside and well, I was in the car with him one day, Reggie, and he said to me, um, if it wasn't for, you know, Reggie and what Reggie, you know, helped me with uh, last year with Sussex, I wouldn't be the player that I am today. And he, said, And I'm going to quote him on this. Okay. He said that you went up to him in the batting cage and said, Kenny, you got to stop slapping that stuff the other way. You know, drive the ball. You know, you're a pole hitter, pull that ball right down the line. It's going to go right out of the ballpark. And Kenny said to me that that was huge advice for him because, one, obviously you played in the major leagues, you know what you're talking about. But he said that, you know, growing up, he never really had anyone kind of go up to him and say that, you know, this is what you should do. And he kind of took it and ran with it.
1: Yeah, man. Like I said, man, Kenny's a great a great player. He can play the outfit, he can play first base. He's a great hitter, he's a left handed power hitter. So, you know, like I told him, man, just. You got to go out here and, you know, use your size. You know, kid kid that big and that young, you should be hitting home runs and doing what you have to do, driving him, drive him baseballs and try drive the ball, you know, not drive, car, try to go out here and be a, a leadoff slap hitter. So, you know, he, he took it and ran with it. And I've seen the the season he had when he was in as before I left. He was driving the ball, hitting the ball good. You know, we had this little competition at the beginning, who hit the most home runs. And, um, you know, Kenny, Kenny, did, Kenny did a great job, just, just like um, – just like he did this year that's why the champions went out and got him and um uh, to me i heard he did a great job in the playoffs i heard he raked him. oh so, yeah you know that was that's a that's a great opportunity for him and you know that city gonna love him for that you know and that, that's a great thing for him you know once you once you go to a city and man, you become that a player that kenny was for them to win the championship kenny kenny's gonna be there for a while so you know i'm happy for kenny and You know, never know Kenny can go out here and do what he has to do this year and get picked up and and fulfill his
0: dream. Well, you know what? That sounds just about Kenny to say, you know, I'm going to hit 30 home runs because he's the type of guy that would say something (laughs) like that and try to compete, I swear to God. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I mean, once again, Reggie, that's going to wrap up this interview. Thank you so much for joining me on this show, and uh, we look forward to maybe seeing an exhibition game between Ottawa and uh, Winnipeg, although it might not happen. But uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on the
1: show. All right, man. appreciate
0: it. That was Winnipeg Goldey's center fielder Reggie Abercrombie here with us on Around the Diamond. And we thank him so much for coming on the show. But stay tuned, folks, because coming up next, Sussex County Miners pitcher Josh Wood will come on to not only talk about his baseball career, but also what he does outside of baseball. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9.
2: This is Josh Wood with the Sussex County Miners and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ 107.9.
0: Welcome back to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Before, we were talking with former big league outfielder and current Winnipeg Gold Ties center fielder, Reggie Abercrombie. Now joining me over the phone is Sussex County Miners pitcher, Josh Wood. Wood finished his second season with the Miners and was teammates with Reggie Abercrombie last season. Mr. Wood, welcome to the show. Always nice to catch up with you. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely excellent. And now I want to, I want to ask you about Reggie Abercrombie. Now I just spoke to him in my last segment and you know, uh, a great guy has a lot of experience at the major league level. You had a chance to play with him at the start of last season with the Miners. What was that experience like?
2: Uh, man, that was a great experience from the jump. Uh, from the very beginning, when he walked in there, he uh, he was always there for me to help me out. And he, he, being the older guy, he took all the younger guys and guys that needed help under his wing and, and you know guided them until until he left.
0: Now now, Joss, if there's one thing that you can take away from, especially that's your first professional stint, you know, with a with a professional team in the minors. If there's one thing you can take away about that experience in and, and playing with Reggie Abercrombie, what would it be?
2: Uh, his work ethic. You know, he, he goes out there and gives it his all and sets a great example for he set a great example for me and, and everybody else on that team.
0: Now of course you're you graduated from William Carey University um, right. after the twenty fourteen season. You, you know, you were pretty good. You you know were one of the best pitchers in the league. A two oh eight ERA that season, do you think you know going into the off season? Did you feel you had a, a very strong chance at getting picked up going into the next season, or did you feel like you were going to fall in at the draft?
2: Uh, I mean, I had I had uh, talked to a few guys and then said I was going to had a chance to go in late, but I mean, it didn't happen. And then I went to a workout with a, with a guy, and he helped me get signed with the uh, Sussex County Miners. And that was my first opportunity, you know, and I couldn't pass up a great opportunity like that. Play professional baseball with the Sussex County Miners.
0: That's Josh Wood joining us here on Around the Diamond, starting pitcher and also a relief pitcher with the Sussex County Miners uh, last season. Now I want to ask you about you know your 2014 year. You were a All Conference All Star uh, in 2014 with uh, William Carey uh, University and had a pretty good season, as you mentioned. If you could take away one thing from that season that you took into indie ball, what would you think that would be? Because you know you you pitched pretty well there, and did you feel that was you know that's what led to you getting signed in the off season by the minors?
2: Right. Well, I um, and I went off my after my junior season, I went off the summer ball and out in Virginia in the Valley League, and some I was working with my head my head coach worked with me a lot. Ended up getting all conference, and then. I carried it I carried it over to my workouts and all that stuff and into the season with Sussex County after I got signed. And I had uh, control issues at first and then I figured it out and started throwing strikes and started getting outs and everything started going from there.
0: Now Josh, when, when I have a chat with some rookies that come on the show, you know one of them being Michael Masterberti, it was just you know his coach knowing Hal Lanier and knowing Billy Horn, when you went into the offseason looking for a job in professional baseball, who was that one guy that got you a little bit of an in with the Sussex County Miners last year? Was it a coach, player or a scout that had seen you or even a manager when you went to go play winter ball?
2: Well, it was a guy who had uh, connections through um, in, the, uh, in, in the ball and he had called Steve Shirley and Steve Shirley talked to me and, and gave me an opportunity and I went out there and I, I proved myself. I at first I wasn't I was on the phantom and then had a few injuries and I finally got my chance and I took advantage of it. and then uh, I think in July is when I, when I came off the Mountain field ground ball and I tore my MPFL and I ended my season there.
0: Now well, how was that recovery process like for you? It must have been tough for you. Was that the first time that you, you know, had gone down with an injury and how did you deal with that mentally?
2: Well, it was tough mentally. It took a lot out of me. I mean, it wasn't my first knee injury. My first knee injury happened in um, high school when I messed up my MCL. And then so I was like, oh, maybe it was just that. And then when I got, went, went and got the uh, MRI and they said I had to go my PFL and I was going to need PFL reconstruction, it was, it was just a blow to me. So I knew then that the season was over for me. I didn't know what was what was ahead of me. So I was just like, all right, let's go ahead and get this surgery as soon as possible and and start this rehab up and, and work as hard as I can to get back. And that's what I did and I actually finished rehab about two weeks. Uh, I had a schedule, which was good, and then I just uh, started working hard from there and then got myself prepared for the season.
0: And now that we're talking about your college days and you know the early career, you know days of your career, um, obviously in your younger days, Josh – Can you tell me maybe one person that had a huge impact not only on your career but on your life to to get you to this point?
2: um, Man, there was a bunch of people along the way that helped me out, but there was two guys in particular that that really helped me out. It was my high school assistant coach, Jeff Lupo. I went to Brother Martin High School in New Orleans, Louisiana. He helped me out. I still talk to him all the time. Um, And, my assistant coach in college, Ben Smith, at William Carey, they always stuck stuck by my side and always pushed me, pushed me as hard as they could to get the most out of me, and that helped along with all, along with all the life lessons that they gave me too, which made me a better man, a better player, which which was really I, I was, I'm really grateful for that.
0: Sussex County Miners pitcher Josh Wood, a fuss on around the diamond now, Josh. Last year, and, you know, over the past two years, you've kind of jumped back and forth from being a reliever to a starter. Now, last year, you I believe you started off the season as a starter. You made five starts, and then you went over to the bullpen towards the end of things when the miners had a little bit of a trouble um, handling their bullpen. So for you, how tough is it mentally for you to go as being a starter to the bullpen, or do you kind of take it differently every, every time you go out on the mound?
2: Right. Well, I mean it's it's tough when you gotta when you gotta switch keep switching roles. It's you gotta you just gotta be mentally tough and mentally prepared. You gotta you gotta always stay in it. Yeah, it's gonna be different from from starting. If you're gonna start you prepare yourself completely different from as if, if you're going in a game the seventh inning or eighth and or if you're closing, like it's a different mindset for each thing, but it all relates in the end, but I mean, the preparation process, like if you're going to start, you have, you have your start and then you have those few days in between to get your mind back right and all that stuff. And you have your whole routine, your process that you do. You have a little more time as if you're a reliever, you know, you got to be up and ready every day, no matter what. So you got to prepare yourself and do what you need to do if your name's called to go out there and perform to the best of your ability.
0: Now, Josh. Of course, you know you being a reliever and, and being a starter. All everything aside, you know, saying that you know I want to do everything that I, just to help the team and do everything that I can to help the team win. From yourself, from your own personal experience, what do you what do you like more, being a starter or being a reliever?
2: What do I like more? <laughs> I mean, is there anything that you can honest, kind of
0: take from both those things, Josh?
2: I mean, to be honest, I I like I like starting, but then again, like. That you get this you get this rush coming coming out the bullpen like the name's called like you get that adrenaline rush and and it's just it's just a different feeling coming out the pen. I, I honestly enjoy both, to be honest, but like if I had to choose one, I like I like starting because I have I have time to mentally prepare and, and, and get my mind right before I go out there, you know? I mean, same thing with Coming out the bullpen and, and release, like, you still got to mentally prepare, but you don't have much time. Like, like I said, you got to be ready every day. You know, we got to be ready every day. It's like, boom, boom, you know? Waiting for your name to be called. Like, when your name's called, you got to go out there and perform and do your thing.
0: Miners pitcher Josh Wood will join me in our next segment to talk about his career outside of baseball as he's actually a barber. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. That's coming up next on Around the Diamond after this quick commercial break on CKDJ 107.
2: Josh Wood with the Sussex County Miners, and you're listening to Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante on CKDJ1079.
0: Welcome back to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ1079 Ottawa's new music. Still joining me over the phone, Sussex County Miners pitcher Josh Wood here with us on Around the Diamond on CKDJ1079. Now, Josh, before we go into what you do on the side of playing baseball, this year you had a chance to play for a former big league pitcher uh, in Bobby Jones. Last year you had Steve Shirley. You went through a managerial change halfway through last season, and then you you know you finally get your full time manager. You know, going forward with this organization with the Sussex County Miners, um, how nice is it to have you know a big presence like Bobby Jones who played in the major leagues and a guy that you know is going to be there for you know for for a good period of time?
1: Right.
2: Well. I mean, it was tough at first with the with um, Steve Leaving, man, he was a great manager and some stuff that happened and he just uh, had to go, go take care of that and then brought the other manager in. I mean it was it was a little tough, it was a little rocky at first, you know, different feelings floating around in the clubhouse, but, but this year Bobby Bobby brought Bobby brought great energy to the team, you know, and like you said, he was there the whole year, so all the guys like started getting comfortable. We all started gelling together. It wasn't like last year, the changes, all the changes happening with the, with the coaches and stuff. So having him around all year was was definitely better, more comfortable. And I mean, him as an ex-big leaguer, having uh, having the experience that he has to be there and help and and, and guide us in the right right way.
0: And of course, you know, Bobby Jones was also the pitching coach with the Rockland Boulders the year before, so had that resume uh, for helping you as well. But Josh, you do something a little bit different than, you know, other professional athletes and other baseball players around the world. Now, you're a barber. Uh, During the season, you you cut guys around the league's hair. You go and do your clients. You also do, you know, you play baseball as well, which is definitely something that's pretty tough to juggle. juggle. I want to start off with that what's it like for you having to wake up and, you know, go do a client's hair or cut someone's hair and then have to go play baseball later in the afternoon or cut someone's hair after the game or do it even before you do the game? Or what's, what's that experience like for you?
2: Man, it's, 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 I mean, I love it to be honest with you. I, I get to wake up and do two things that I love. I get to wake up and cut hair and, and play baseball. I mean, it really doesn't get better than that. You know, I, get to take care of people, make them look good before they go out on the field, and then I just have all my other regular clients that I take care of, too, you know. Get to do two things that I love, play ball and cut hair.
0: And so, Josh, now that you travel around with the minors going, you know, from different cities, you, always, you obviously have some connections built up in all the cities around the Can-Am League that you have to, you know, go down and give someone a cut. For example, in New Jersey or down here in Ottawa, you never know.
2: Never know. You never know. I mean... That's what I'm saying. And that's another thing with baseball and cutting hair. I'm constantly talking to people, making more connections, which is which only helps me out, you know. And and getting being able to cut those guys' hair and talking to all the players around the league, you know, you learn a lot more. They tell you their experiences. I tell them mine, you know. As I'm cutting hair, you know, you sit there and you, you, you talk to them the whole time. You chop it up with them about, about baseball life and all that, so... I get a good understanding on a lot of things, which which also helps me out, and I can help them out. You know, it's all it, it's it's a good it's a good little it's a good little trade that I have.
0: And Josh, when did you start cutting here? When did you kind of take this in? Because obviously you had been playing baseball in college. Did you kind of take it upon yourself back then?
2: Well, <laughs> it's funny. I I actually I was in high school in ninth grade, and we did something – where we had, to, uh, where the whole team had to shave their heads, and I ended up, I ended up having clippers, and I was like, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll shave their heads, blah, 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 so I did that, and then it kind of, it kind of like kept going from there, and then I, I learned how to give, I started off just shaving heads, and then lining people up, and then as I got older, I learned how to give a taper fade, and then after that, I learned how to, Give a whole feed, and then after that, I learned how to scissor cut, and it just led from one thing to another. And then by the time I got in college, I had uh, I had a few guys coming to me now and then, and then word of mouth traveled, and then I got up to Hattiesburg, and then I ended up I ended up cutting my team plus a bunch of bunch of people out in the Hattiesburg, Mississippi area, and then back home, it just guys started getting bigger and bigger, and then started cutting cutting everybody
0: <laughs> so so Josh do you feel like this is you know a type of career that you might want to take on maybe if baseball doesn't work out or after you're done playing baseball at some point because it seems like it's nice for you mentally to know that if I get released because it, it, it does happen in these types of leagues if I get released I have a fallback plan I have a backup plan that I can right, go to right. and you know and go cut some hair right
2: right right definitely definitely I mean like I said like two things I love you know I've always been told always been told do what you love you know because that's that's where you're gonna find your happiness so I mean if if something does you know if if baseball ends then I have I have my I have my barbering to fall back on so it's always that's that's a good thing to have
0: that's Josh Wood pitcher for the Sussex County Miners here fuss on Around the Diamond he's talking about what he does outside of baseball and that's barbering um who are some of the guys that you've had a chance to cut? Because I've heard some rumblings around the Can-Am League that you've had a chance to cut some pretty big ce- celebrities.
2: <laughs> I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Being in the sports world, like, end up with different connections, get to get to cut some cut some big leaguers, some NFL players and all that stuff.
0: Well, where's so the I'm names, saying, bro?
2: The names, names, I mean, I got a couple. So, I mean, I used to... Uh, I used to cut um, Curtis Lofton, and I gave Odell Beckham a cut before, and um, like I, I didn't cut Odell's hair right now when he has that big mohawk. just was back when he was in LSU, giving him some linings when he had the low cut and stuff. So, and then I also I also travel around. I cut some of LSU's football team, go up there, cut the whole baseball team. I travel around the, uh, different baseball, different different colleges, and cut some of their. Cut some of those guys' heads, and then I uh, ended up actually before I left, I had a gig with the uh, with the New Orleans Zephyrs the Miami Marlins affiliate out here. I used to go over there and cut those guys' heads and stuff like that. Uh, I actually cut Johnny Giovatella's head, who he played for the um, the Angels this past year, and just 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 some those are some of the names right there. I mean.
0: There's so many, eh? You meet a lot of I mean, people through your time, of course, Josh. I mean,
2: that's what I'm saying. Like with, with with baseball and cutting hair, it's just constant connections and and things like that 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 always are happening. So I mean, I'm meeting people always. I mean, different things always coming in and out.
0: So if, so if someone wants a cut, Josh, before before we let you go, if someone wants a cut, where do they go? They come to
2: me. Exactly,
0: but how they gonna? You got you got a what do you got? You got a website going for you. If someone wants a haircut from you, how how would they get in contact with you?
2: Oh, they can they can um, they can either call me or or hit me up on my my Twitter or my Instagram or something like that. On Instagram, you DM me. I'm at Joshwood18.
0: Well, there you go. If you need a fresh cut, go see Josh Wood. He's actually, actually does a pretty good job. I've seen his work on the field. This guy cuts all the baseball players. Uh, mad respect from me because, obviously, I you know worked in the barbershop for quite a long time, and uh, I appreciate the passion that you're doing. But that's going to wrap up this interview. Josh, thank you so much for taking the time. We uh, wish you all all the luck in the offseason, training for next year, uh, getting your contract done, and also uh, keep up the good work with the barbering.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: That was Sussex County Miners starting pitcher and relief pitcher Josh Wood joining us here on Around the Diamond. An excellent story with him as he talked about uh, not only his playing career, but also how he got into uh, a little bit of a a side job in barbering. An interesting story there, and obviously I wish Josh Wood all the best in uh, preparing for his uh, other career if baseball doesn't work out because... Uh, Barbering is something that you you have to have a passion and a love for And it seems like Wood has that uh, in barbering But that's going to end the 35th edition of Around the Diamond Here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music I thank you so much for tuning in to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond For your host, Diamond Dante You can follow myself on Twitter At Diamond underscore Dante For all information on upcoming episodes and past episodes Or on my SoundCloud for other content and past episodes Diamond Dante Audio. We thank you so much for listening to the 35th edition of Around the Diamond. We'll see you next weekend.